When I get out of here, and I will, I'm going to paint the streets red. No, no, that's not it. Nope. I'm going to unleash horrors your nightmares could only dream about. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to come up with a better line for Cletus at the end credit scene of the first Venom movie. You want to give it a go? I am the ultimate insanity. I am carnage. Ooh, that's good. Wait, meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> Boom, nailed it. Roll credits. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage. Now, this isn't the Chris that you might be used to hearing on our show. This is, in fact, Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast. Go ahead and say hi, Chris. What up? I'm a doppelganger. Oh, wait, we're not talking about that character. <laughs> we'll bring him up later. <laughs> So I, I'm so excited to have you on, man. We've been talking about doing this episode for a while now. I just want you to kind of tell the people about your awesome show, The Geek Peak Pod, and also High on Horror. Yeah. Well, first of all, Lance, thank you so much for having me on. I respect the show so much because it gives me like such a in-depth knowledge of all these comics that like I was never huge into comics and I feel like I'm starting to really get into it because of your show so thank you for that oh man that that's like the highest compliment you could give me <laughs> you you do your research and uh I I respect that a lot but um quick plugs about the geek peak um we are a pop culture show we talk movies film uh films or movies as well movies tv <laughs> uh, music and video games and um Basically, we try to save you time and provide recommendations. Uh, we do hypotheticals. We play games. We review beer and cocktails on our show every week. Most recently, we did an episode that was just alien conspiracy theories led by our co-host, Trent. Which, it uh, was amazing. <laughs> it was a bit of a break from our normal form. So we, we kind of switched it up every week. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the crux of our show. We're a bunch of clowns, uh, good friends that... Uh, like to just talk all things movies and TV and stuff. Um, so check it out. It's at Geek Peak Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and our website's geekpeakpod.com. Our new show that I started with two of my very good friends in podcasting, Miles from the Disc Dump and Toast of the Realms podcast, and then Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds. Hi, Joshy. Hi, Miles. Um, we started a horror movie podcast after we had been collabing regularly and it is called high on horror. And that has been a blast uh, leading up to October. We just dropped it at the end of September. Um, and we go, you know, movie by movie, we review some of our favorite horror films. Our uh, introduction episode is just us talking about each of our top five favorite horror movies. Um, we're going to have games and we have like a Dungeons and Dragons one-off that's going to be Cabin in the Woods themed that we're going to be doing soon, which I'm really excited for. Dude, I am so excited for that episode. As soon as you guys mentioned, I was like, oh, I'm in the minute it drops. I'm listening. So ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really hyped for that as well. I keep telling Miles, I'm like, I want the merman. I want the merman. <laughs> <laughs> the merman. Um, Blow the conch. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, high on horror. It's uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It's at H on H pod. Um, we also have a TikTok that Josh is steadfastly managing. Um, shout out again to Josh. And uh, both of those podcasts are available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. So check us out. Uh, tell us how ridiculous we are. Um, and uh, yeah, also those are not safe for work podcasts. <laughs> no, but they're amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That means a lot coming from me, man. Yeah, seriously, two of my favorite podcasts going right now. And that's not just because I'm having you on. I freaking love your shows. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. And and also shout out to you for running a uh, little podcast group that we're in, the In Nerd Circle. Shout out to all the pods that are in there. Yeah. You are you are our fearless leader, Lance. <laughs> Thanks. No, I, I freaking love that group. It's been so much fun. And I, I've said it to other uh, people that have been on too, but legitimately, if if I didn't have that group of like support and, and just kind of helping me out during this time where Chris is super busy with his other stuff, like the, the show wouldn't have kept going. It, it just wouldn't have. So shout out to literally everyone in the inner circle that's been helping me out with that. For this episode, we are talking about a serial killer. We are going to be talking murder, rampage, violence. And there's also going to be massive spoilers for all comics, TV, and film. So you have been warned. Also, his name's Carnage. What did you expect? Seriously. <laughs> All right, I'm super excited to get into our discussion on Carnage, so let's jump right into it. People love serial killers. All I ever wanted in this world is Carnage. Cletus Cassidy is a legitimate sociopath and homicidal maniac. As a child, he killed his grandmother by throwing her down a flight of stairs, tried to kill his mother by throwing electronic devices into her bathtub, killed his mother's dog, which is kind of a go-to for serial killers, starting out with the pets. It eventually led to his mother trying to kill him. His father came home when she was trying to kill him. And then he, in fact, attacked her, and she passed away, resulting in his father being imprisoned and then tried for the murder, to which Cletus then testified against his own father, putting him in the electric chair. They really were like, let's double down on how bad this guy is. Like, (laughs) let's just keep, you know, up in the ante. Don't be afraid to jump the shark. No, they they jumped it real fast. And it's real bloody. Cletus was sent off to St. Estes, a home for boys, after becoming an orphan to his now deceased parents, where he was bullied because of his antisocial behavior. He did not do well in the ho- in that home and would go on to murder his teacher and then push a girl in front of a bus for laughing at him after he asked her out. And uh, just to do a mic drop, he then burned the orphanage before walking away from it. To no one's surprise, Cletus became a serial killer due to a mentality regarding the frivolity of life and finding meaning only in the ultimate freedom through bloodshed and absolute chaos, which is... Super epic, by the way. That's that's amazing and horrible. Horribly yeah. amazing. He would adopt the philosophy of laws are only words, which basically gave him the go-ahead to do whatever he wanted in life. Yeah. I, this, honestly, all of these are ringing major serial killer bells from like just <laughs> pop culture in general. Like I'm thinking Hannibal. I'm thinking like the Hannibal TV show where they have a bunch of serial killers. I'm thinking Dexter. 
you know, like the, the whole, you know, I'll release you from this mortal coil and that's how you'll find freedom kind of mentality. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that you have to be in a completely different mindset in order to be this type of individual. Something is not computing correctly. And this, this mentality of, of just legit, absolute chaos, it just reigns in their minds. They're like, I can do whatever I want. And there's zero like feelings of remorse. Cletus Cassidy need him some milk. <laughs> he needs he needs a bit of something. <laughs> Cletus was then captured and sent to Rikers Island for killing eleven people that police knew about, but in reality it was more like double that at the time. He shared a cell with Eddie Brock, who had been Venom previously, but then w- had since been separated from the symbiote. The symbiote would then arrive at the prison to break Eddie out and reform their bond. But before leaving, a piece of the suit was left behind, which turned out to be the offspring of Venom, which actually happens only once in a generation for symbiotes. The piece of the symbiote landed on Cletus, entering through a cut and then into his bloodstream, which would then form Carnage. Like, I just remember watching that scene in the animated series and just thinking, oh, man, a red one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is like uh, in Jurassic Park where like the worst case scenario happens and all the fences go down and like the dinosaurs are breeding and everything gets out. Like this is basically that, but in the Spider-Man universe, like the symbiote could not have found a worse person to attach itself to. (laughs) Or a best person in order to sell comics. Yes, absolutely. Because the symbiote bonded with Cassidy through his blood, their connection is even stronger than that of Venom and Eddie, because Carnage actually refers to himself constantly as I, whereas Venom and Eddie refers to themselves as we. So in in their relationship, Carnage and Cletus are the same entity, which is super scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it literally is, it's not, it's not the Eddie Brock relationship where Eddie, you know, works together symbiotically with Venom. It's Carnage and Cletus have the same goals, same mentality. It's just Cletus with superpowers. Yep. And oof, does he use them? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This bond that they have through blood is used multiple times throughout the comic series as a failsafe for Carnage and Cletus because they're constantly, one of them is being killed or murdered, and they just revive one another multiple times. Carnage, at this point, escapes prison and resumes his murder spree because at the time they thought Carnage had been killed, the symbiote had been killed, but it just lay dormant in his bloodstream and then came back to life. And then he just went off again and started murdering. Uh, This time when he breaks free is that storyline that we're going to talk about later, but it's Maximum Carnage, which is probably the most well-known storyline for Cletus and Carnage throughout like comic-dom. During this time, though, Spider-Man was forced to form a truce with Venom in order to defeat Carnage, which they ultimately defeated him with a sonic weapon. Uh, But then he came back again, and then there was another fight, but there's just always that back and forth. But eventually, they were able to defeat him, and Cletus was sent off to the Ravencroft Institute for the Criminally Insane. A few notes. Uh, Cletus Cassidy is actually modeled after the DC's Joker, 
which if you look at any of his panels with the insane smile that he has, it, it's, it comes through very well. Carnage was originally going to be called Chaos and Ravage, which it, it fits. Isn't there a character that eventually does get called Ravage? I think I think they do. Both of those would have worked, but I like I like my I like my Carnage. <laughs> yes, Carnage is a much superior name. I like Chaos is also fitting because whenever you talk about Cletus and Carnage, there is always I think I've already said Chaos like three times before this. <laughs> but I think Ravage was actually a name of something else, but I don't think it was symbiote related later. Yeah, I, d- I just took a look. It's uh, Ravage 2099, so some futuristic right. superhero. Right, right, right. When they did the whole 2099 runs. Mm-hmm. David Michelini was originally... David Michelini originally intended to kill off Eddie Brock in Amazing Spider-Man 400. However, his popularity had grown dramatically while bonded to the Venom symbiote, resulting in Marvel halting their plans to kill off Eddie. Instead, Michelini pivoted and decided to create an entirely new character and symbiote combo but that was far later those plans were way down the line because when we're talking about creating carnage that started well cletus was introduced in amazing spider-man 344 just to give you a timeline Uh, carnage was created later and we'll get into that timeline but cletus was created in 344 and they're talking about killing off venom in asm 400 so we're talking years in the future. So Marvel's got some plans, <laughs> like, which makes sense. You want to kind of have a game plan for being a, a company as large as that. Uh, Carnage was created to be a deadlier version of Venom without the sense of morality. But Venom was already eating people, but at least he was only eating bad people. Venom is like the Dexter of uh, symbiotes. I don't know if you watch that show, yes, but <laughs> I, of course I watch that show. I was going to say we're, we're talking serial killers. So <laughs> yeah, no, I love all those storylines. It's, it's just like what uh, Cletus in the movie said. It's like, people love serial killers. It's true. Like we can't look away from those stories. We have to watch them. We have to read them. There's a reason true crime podcasts are so popular. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm excited for the the Dexter revival because that finale did not do justice to the series. I actually never watched the last episode because I heard it was so bad and I had watched the entire show all the way through and I was like, I'm just going to not watch this. And uh, so I'm excited for the for the new revival as well. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I, I think what you should do is when the first episode of the new one drops, just watch the finale of the original series and then just jump straight into the next one so that you don't feel this horrible let off because you know there's more. Yes, yes. I uh, I can't believe they're bringing it back, to be honest with you. It's been a hot minute. Same, but the trailers look cool. Yeah. All right, Chris, why don't you take us into the About the Comics segment? Cletus Cortland Cassidy is this man's name. Other aliases are Carnage, the Red Slayer, Prophet of the Void, and in my personal headcanon, Cosmic Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I... We'll get into we'll get into absolute carnage, but when I read that line, I was like, "Yes, absolutely, yes, all the time." <laughs> um, powers and abilities for Cletus Cassidy, really for Carnage. Uh, he has all of the powers of the predecessor's first human host, Spider-Man. So he has you know web-like substance. He can cling to surfaces. He also has enhanced strength greater than Spider-Man and Venom combined. 
probably not anymore now that venom is god level powerful though um yeah so that's that that dynamic has changed a little bit but when we're talking originally introduced yes uh in addition he can create weapons this is one of my favorite things about carnage he can turn his hands into blades axes um we'll get into the let there be carnage film but he's shooting spikes uh (laughs) so overall very very cool uh character design in general um he can also plant thoughts in people's minds using his symbiote tendril and uh, he's got limited shape shifting and camouflage uh the symbiote's autonomous defense capabilities and he's undetectable by spider-man's spider sense which makes him the ultimate spider-man villain yes like the this the fact that peter can't sense any symbiotes is really terrifying for him because it's like the most deadly villain that he goes up against and he's like nope the like the thing that prevents me from getting murdered most of the time doesn't work with this one <laughs> yeah Yikes. No amount of jokes from Peter is, is going to save him from carnage either. The quippiness does not help you here. <laughs> no. Um, so Cletus Cassidy's profession is a serial killer. Uh, his affiliations, he is a part of the Carnage family, which is seen in the Maximum Carnage run. Um, the Astonishing Adventures, Poisons, which is in the uh, Venomverse by Cullen Bunn, and the Symbiote Imperium. Uh, some supporting characters for Carnage. We've got Shriek, which is his love interest. We've got Demo Goblin. Am I saying that right? Demo Goblin? Yep. Demo Goblin. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I actually love that character. <laughs> um, Doppelganger, which is my second favorite Spider Man villain. Um, Carry On, or Carrion, and then Null, which I guess is technically Cosmic Satan, but. Yeah. But it's it's fun to to throw him on with Carnage because it makes sense. <laughs> we we have Cosmic Carnage, so I think we can throw him on there. Yes, I'm I'm going for it. Head cannon confirmed. Yep. Um, antagonists for Carnage would be Spidey, Venom, Black Cat, Agent Venom, Scarlet Spider, and every other superhero who has the misfortune of coming in contact with carnage. It's like, who's his villains? Everyone. Everyone is carnage. <laughs> he is, carnage is his own villain. Random person on the street. Villain. Villain. <laughs> Cat in an alleyway. Villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Cletus, uh, Cletus goes hard. That's what yeah, we're trying to say. Exactly. All right. Now that we've talked a little bit more about the comic, let's go into the archives. Cletus Cassidy was created by writer David Michelini and artist Eric Larson, with artist Mark Bagley co-creating the Carnage symbiote design. So we have Larson, who was the artist on it when they actually created Cassidy, but when we're talking about the actual symbiote and them together, that's going to be Mark Bagley. We covered writer-creator David Michelini in our Taskmaster episode, so if you'd like an in-depth look at history of with him in comics, be sure to go back and listen to that issue. But to give you an idea of why he is such a legend in the industry, some of his other co-creations include Venom, Taskmaster, Scott Lang's Ant-Man, and War Machine. That's a serious, like, character list to be co-creator of. That's some firepower right there. All of those characters are awesome. Yeah, and at this point, all of them have now had live-action adaptations, too. Ooh, that is true. 
Now we got Carnage on the big screen. Oh man, he looks so good on the screen too. Okay, but that that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> now this is this is a cool fact. So the only person to have a longer run writing the Amazing Spider-Man is Stan Lee. Ooh, damn! This guy's got some chops. It's no wonder that he has so many amazing creations because he was writing one of the well in the world. Amazing Spider-Man has been one of the more popular comics to jump on just because people see Spider-Man. They're like, all right, I'll pick it up. And they don't really care about starting at a number one so much there. It's just here's Spider-Man. It's the go-to for parents. I feel like it was my parents go to. They're like, oh, he likes superheroes. Let's go to the comic shop. And they basically just said what like give us some Spider-Man comics. So for our kid and they just like grabbed random books. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I didn't read a ton of comics when I was younger, but um, my brother did have some. And I remember specifically finding Maximum Carnage and being like, what is this? And reading and we'll obviously get into that that uh, particular run a little bit later. But I that, it like there's like certain panels from that comic that still stick with me. Yeah, the art's amazing. There's and there's so many different artists and writers that r- work through that run. So it. It's it was an, an incredible feat. It's literally a fourteen issue crossover, but yeah, there's there's some definite gems throughout that that run. Eric Larson gained an appreciation for comics from his father, who would read EC comics or entertaining comics, which basically were just science fiction, horror, crime, and satire storylines. After reading Dick Spring's Batman, Larson was inspired to create his own character, the Dragon. Early incarnations of the character saw him drive a car which resembled Speed Racer's Mach 5, which would, uh, and then he would also turn into a superhero through a magic word like Captain Marvel or Shazam. Roughly a decade after creating the dragon, he and two friends produced the fanzine Graphic Fantasy, which debuted his original character. Larson would then go on to work for DC and Marvel. And he would succeed Todd McFarlane as artist on The Amazing Spider-Man starting in issue 329. Together, Larson and Michelini would create stories including The Cosmic Spider-Man and The Return of the Sinister Six. So two really important storylines, or really fun storylines, actually. Larson is the artist who introduced the reptilian tongue that is so prevalent today in the design of Venom. And he also gave him that green drool, which came a little bit later, which we more recently learned about that the green drool is actually the excrement or waste of symbiotes. Okay, I'm about to grab the low-hanging fruit here. Poop drool! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that just makes the fact that when he's licking people, it's just so much worse. (laughs) No wonder people were terrified of this character. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god there's so many things i want to say i want to quote i want to quote clerks too right now but i'll I'll just let listeners you know let their mind wander on what i would say <laughs> just let them create their own headcanon for it yes absolutely fill in the blank <laughs> for a time this is actually pretty funny so for a time larson was correcting fans uh saying that mcfarlane was the first person to draw venom with the longer tongue uh, because he had seen uh, an image that McFarlane had done on the back of one of the trade paperbacks that he remembered seeing Venom with a longer tongue. But years later, he actually saw the same trade paperback, and he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. 
because the tongue's not long in this photo, I created the tongue. <laughs> so he'd been correcting people for so long. He's like, oh, wait, I did do that. It's like a Mandela effect. He's yes. like, I'm positive I've seen that before. It's like, nah, dude, you saw that in your head. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just in your mind. And also, you might want to go talk to somebody. Yeah. In, in 1992, Larson would leave Marvel to form Image Comics with fellow illustrators and creators Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Mark Silvestri, Jim Valentino, uh, Will Sportacio, and Rob Liefeld. The reasoning for the publisher creation was to give creators more creative control and profit while allowing creators to maintain the rights of their own characters unlike other major publishers who basically when you create a character for those major publishers they own the rights to your character and it's really sad just because like you hear these stories of the characters that blow up and they're really popular and then the people that created them basically get an invite to the premiere and like a really small really really small check uh for what they've put into and created so it's it's rough and so totally understandable why they wanted to go off and create image comics. Yeah, the the whole like IP, I won't call it theft, but um you know, taking advantage of these individuals IPs uh without really compensating them fairly. Isn't that kind of what the uh that lawsuit that's going on with Disney right now where they're, you know, like Stanley's estate is suing um Marvel to try to get rights back to a lot of like the major characters from the MCU. Yeah, there's there's multiple like lawsuits, I think, right now, just families of the creators of these characters are trying to get it back just so just because uh, it's this whole thing, just because in reality, those creators did sign the contract. And so the company does have a legal like they have legal ownership of the characters as far as it being more ethical. I don't know. Like, yeah, no, I do know it's messed up. Like the, the fact that these people, I don't know why I said that. No, it's messed up because these fam like, obviously there's that thought of, okay, the families just want money, but also at the same time, it's like, okay, but those deals that were happening at that time, there was never this thought that they're like, these characters were going to become these huge, incredible money making entities. Mm-hmm. And so when you look back and you see the minuscule amount that these creators were paid for these characters, it just doesn't seem right. So that's where that ethical dilemma comes into play. So it, it's one of those things that's just going back and forth and we'll see what plays out for those lawsuits. But I, I, I want cr- nowadays with the knowledge of what can happen to, for characters, I feel like there needs to be uh, something implemented in their contracts that gives them at least like, a respectable percentage of profits related to uh, later use of those characters. So if they show mm-hmm. up in a film and it makes a billion dollars, feel like there should be even like a minuscule percentage of a billion dollars is so much money and those creators deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where do like the, the if the idea doesn't exist, then those characters never show up, you know, plain and simple. Yeah, it's let's let's take care of the creators because the people that are pumping out this much content and still saying they're having a hard time, like with sustainable living, like that's not right. And we definitely need to take care of our creators, because if we don't, we aren't going to get the amazing content that we want. Yeah. And they'll cease to exist. Like, you know, that's it. It hurts. It hurts everyone. So, yeah. Uh, Rough times. Anyway, I bet we brought that down. Let's pick it back up. So. (laughs) It, interestingly enough, so 
it was at this time at Image that Larson would actually publish a reimagined version of the character he created years prior, and that's when the world was blessed with Savage Dragon. I don't think I've ever seen Savage Dragon. I'm looking this up. You've right never now. seen Savage Dragon? Dude, no. get ready. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, there's a Savage Dragon with Donald Trump screaming. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's what you found? <laughs> I'll have to send this to you. I mean, the first one, he's, you know, this, like, Hulk-esque character yes. with a green mohawk. Yep. But the third one, it's Donald Trump like screaming in the background going, kill them, kill the aliens. <laughs> Gosh, it's so messed up. Uh, and, but yeah, I feel like you would definitely be into Savage Dragon. And he shows up in Invincible too. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. You, you had me there. Uh-huh. I, I trust yeah. you unequivocally about Invincible recommendations. Yes, he's, he's on the cover of one of them. There's a funeral for the characters and he's actually on the cover. Okay, I'm going to read this. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, Chris, you ready to talk to us a little bit about Mark Bagley? Yes. So, Mark Bagley. Uh, Lance and I were having a fun little conversation. I, I thought I'd put a dumb joke in here. Um, so, Mark Bagley was actually responsible for the design of the Carnage suit. So, he drew that um, independent of Eric Larson creating Cletus Cassidy. And... I made the the reference that Mark Bagley is kind of a symbiote to Eric Larson. <laughs> but um, um, but uh, prior to making it in the comic book industry, Mark Bagley worked in the military and construction. In 1983, Marvel Comics then editor-in-chief Jim Shooter launched the Marvel tryout book to discover new talent in the industry. Bagley was a little discouraged by his inability to break into the comic industry, uh, and he got some encouragement and motivation from a friend and fellow comic writer cliff biggers to submit his submit to the tryout book um bagley won the contest against thousands of competitors however it would be a couple years before he began working for marvel his first professional artwork in the comic book industry was after apocalypse issue one in may 1987 published by paragraphics and written by none other than his guy who got him to try out in the first place cliff biggers it wasn't until July of 1987 that Bagley would see his first work pub- published for Marvel in Nightmask issue nine. Additional works from this time include visionaries, titles from the new universe line, backup stories for Captain America, and the ever coveted Marvel Universe trading cards. Yes, the trading cards. Trading cards. You can tell this is very close to the 90s because trading uh-huh. cards were in. So many binders. <laughs> Wait, is it? The 90s or is it 2021? Because trading cards are back in. Seriously, though, like they're everywhere. I We found like during the pandemic, me and a buddy were uh, buying and reselling comic book uh, collections. And in one of the collections we bought was just this huge box of, of cards. But it was Marvel's first series that they published. And oh, nice. we were like, oh, these are probably like pretty fun. We could probably maybe get like like maybe five bucks for like this lot of lot of cards whatever we looked them up and like a stan lee card was going for like 20 bucks and we had like five of them oh my god (laughs) so so, like it it was during we found that collection right at the hype of people trying to find the vintage marvel cards so we didn't make crazy money off of it but we made like good amount of money so oh man the trading cards i i do miss it i still have i still have some of my pokemon cards yeah i uh i have 
my Pokemon cards are somewhere at my parents' house, um, but I I still have my Yu-Gi-Oh deck too. You yeah. Know? Oh man, I miss playing that game. So yes. much fun. I I sold off a ton of my like I sold off my Game Boys and my Pokemon games and the majority of my Pokemon collection and all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards uh, when I was waiting to get into grad school and I was flat broke and had no income whatsoever. So I was like, yep. all right, well, it's time to lose my childhood. And, <laughs> and now I regret it immeasurably. Yeah. Now, now those cards are worth like thousands of dollars yes. because there's some random resurgence of, of trading cards again. I kept the heavy hitters. I, I still have my base set, uh, Charizard and Blastoise and Venusaur. I kept a lot of those hollows. Oh, but, yeah. But the OGs. Yes. But looking back in, uh, like just i just w- wish i still had like a full collection of the base set because i got rid of all the commons and the uncommons i'm just like i just, i still remember like being on the playground of the elementary school and a kid that just had a massive stack of the cards and he had so many doubles that the first pokemon cards i got were just ran like a pikachu a diglet like a cubone like all these just like random ones or charmander that he was just handing him to me and i remember just going home and just staring at them <laughs> and just be like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life i have found the holy grail <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i became best friends with one of my friends uh in elementary school because they banned trading actually trading cards oh yeah uh because people were getting ripped off and stuff at school mm-hmm. but we were obviously still trading them, you know, behind trees and stuff during recess. Oh, and we all still had them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the war on cards failed. We lost. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my my good friend, it was like right after when Yu-Gi-Oh! was still on. And there was an episode where yu gi used Catapult Turtle and he launched like Gaia Knight yes, into some, yes. some creature. And I was like... I want Catapult Turtle, and I traded my first edition Legend of Blue Eyes, Blue Eyes no, White Dragon for, no. for a Catapult Turtle. Because I was like, oh, I have other Blue Eyes, like, from the starter deck. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it was rough being a kid and not understanding, like, the rarity level of things. Because yeah. I remember being at a card shop, and I pulled the secret or secret rare Dark Magician Girl. Oh, yeah. And immediately someone was like, I'll trade you my... Uh, mass beast for it and i had just seen the mass beast episode yeah and i was like oh i freaking love mass beast i want that card and so i, I traded know. like a first edition secret rare for that card <laughs> and i was like i looked back because I, I looked up the value of that card and i was like stupid little kid <laughs> <laughs> how could you <laughs> my i betrayed myself <laughs> I uh the the person who ripped me off for that legend of blue eyes blue eyes white dragon he's actually still one of my best friends to this day and uh, I still give him crap about that. You I'm should. like, hey hey dude, you gonna rip me off for some more secret rare trading cards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- I bet the people didn't think we were gonna get into Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon in our episode. <laughs> what up? <laughs> yeah see that's what happens when you bring up trading cards it's just chaos again. yes chaos. yeah we didn't even touch on magic i won't even go there but <laughs> yeah. um okay back to back to our carnage history real quick um so in 1989 bagley would join deadpool co-creator fabian nicieza fabian nicieza on the new warriors where he would stay until taking over for eric larson on the amazing spider-man 
David Michelini and Eric Larson created and debuted Cletus Cassidy in Amazing Spider-Man 344 in February of 1991. Flash forward 17 issues to April 1992. Cletus would bond to a symbiote, turning them both into carnage in Amazing Spider-Man 361. Side note, Bagley also co-created the Thunderbolts in January 97 in Hulk 449, which we may very soon see a version, live action version in the MCU that has General Thunderbolt Ross, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Maybe we'll get some Yelena Belova, some U.S. agent and the Abomination since he was in the uh, Shang-Chi movie. Uh huh. So I I'm so excited about that because I found that issue of Hulk 449 and it was pristine in a comic shop because th- this a local comic shop. When I was at at grad school, I volunteered my time at a local shop in exchange for books, oh, and nice. I would help price things out. And so we got this huge collection in, and attached to the comic shop I was in was another comic shop, and they had just gotten a like massive collection. Like I'm talking like 70 long boxes. Oh huge <laughs> and they they had gone through all the long boxes four times the entire staff and so i go through it and they're just like yeah look through it i was like okay so i go through i found first appearance of gambit i found first thunderbolts and a few other like smaller keys and i go up to the front and the owner of the shop is like looked at his employees he's like seriously you guys didn't find these and then he was just like i'll give them to you for 40 bucks and i was just like uh done <laughs> and they were in great shape. I send them both in to get graded. First Gambit came back a 9-4. And uh, my first Thunderbolts is a 9-8. So Damn. if Thunderbolts show up in the MCU, I'm taking a chunk out of my student loans. By I was going to say, you're about to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff. The, dude, I have so much student loans. It's, it's never going away. <laughs> it just goes to that. Remember, remember all us little people when you break break big from your Thunderbolts issue. <laughs> For sure. All right. So we've talked about the creators, a little bit about Carnage. Let's get into the poll list. All right, Chris, what is what is your first go-to poll reading suggestion for our listeners? I mentioned it earlier. Maximum Carnage, written in the year of my birth, 1993. So my brother had, you know, a couple kind of piecemeal comics and uh, me being much younger, 10 years to be exact, I would lurk around in his room and and grab them and take them out of the sleeves and probably mess them up and and read them like like little kids do. And the one that stood out so heavily to me was Maximum Carnage. Um, it spanned across all Spider-Man titles at the time. Uh, that was Spider-Man Unlimited, Web of Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and the Spectacular Spider-Man. I don't think they had enough Spider-Man comics no, going on at the same it, time. It, it is the equivalent <laughs> of DC with all of the Batman titles. It's just the yeah. way it is. <laughs> um, but let's see. So beyond that, um, the things that stood out to me before I went back and looked this up was I just remember Carnage rampaging through the city with a team. Uh, and ev- they were just killing everyone. I was like, this isn't a comic? Like, they're straight up murdering right now. Yeah, th- this is just, it-, it was just mass murder. That's all it was. It's just blood in the streets. 
the the particular panel that always comes to mind was in front of the theater and there was just civilians literally running and like they're like blowing the streets up and like then the heroes show up after everything has like been done and they're just bodies everywhere and like you said blood in the streets everything's destroyed flipped cars it was absolute chaos that's where my love for carnage was born carnage is for me personally favorite villain of all time period uh I I haven't read a lot of his stuff and I'm I want to see more of him in live action or in television because like he's just so freaking awesome but I feel like we need a rated R Carnage movie. Yeah, I I would be so down for cuz I feel like they got a, away with a lot in Venom Let There Be Carnage cuz there was some crazy kills going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I, I think it would be fun to just literally have no holds bar, like just go for it, do whatever you want kind of a thing. Like a Logan or Deadpool situation. Exactly. Because like we got to see King Shark also rip a person in half. Like how cool that was so he? great. Right. And so it's just like, <laughs> I want Cletus to do that. Like <laughs> I want to see him stab someone like 50 times with different blade fixtures. Like, uh huh. Yeah, it's probably not a good thing that we want that. But, <laughs> it's but cathartic. It's cathartic. It, it gets it out. Th- that's our purge. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching uh, Cletus rampage. Yeah. Um. One one thing that I really enjoyed uh with in this Maximum Carnage run is you know he he this is my personal introduction to Shriek uh, to Doppelganger which they team up during his escape. Um. And uh, also Demo Goblin and Carrion. Like I said, they just, they're just messing stuff up. They're out there causing a ruckus. And I love it. They eventually have to get a big old super team up to beat Carnage. And yes. it was Spidey, Venom. We got Cap, uh, Black Cat, Nightwatch, Cloak and Dagger. Iron Fist was in this. Like, I didn't even remember Iron Fist being in this. Um, Deathlock. And then one character that I loved in this run was Morbius. Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, there's a vampire helping Spider-Man fight Carnage. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. I love it. Yes, it's so good. Whenever I read Maximum Carnage, so I look at it and I'm just like, why is Spawn in this? It's like, oh, that's right. (laughs) I watch. Oh, yeah. His character design is oddly close. (laughs) Really, he even has the same exact shape of the cape that comes up. Like his facial design is very similar. It's like, what is Todd McFarlane doing back over here? (laughs) And I guess last but not least would be Firestar, which is pretty important to how they fight Carnage. Yes, extremely. Uh, Oh, man. So Maximum Carnage is one of those things like I'm so impressed that they were able to do a 14 issue crossover between all these storylines because there's so many different writers and artists on the on this run. I I just remember when I was reading, I own all of it. So even though I'm saying this, it, it bothered me that it was this constant. We meet up, we run away, we meet up, we run away. It's just a back and forth because they needed to extend the storyline type of thing and all these different creators had their idea of what they wanted to do so that part of it always annoyed me yeah but i still like i love it for what it is and like those covers and the art it's just incredible and i like again i own all 14 issues 
So I'm into the series. I just wish there was less of that meetup runaway, meetup runaway. They do that a lot. Uh, also, I felt like the whole like Carnage being kind of the father of his, you know, kill gang that he creates. Um, that was very uh, like that was very helter skelter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and again, just constantly leaning into the whole serial killer thing. Like that's probably part of the reason why I love Carnage, because I just love serial killer stuff. I love the relationship that Shriek and Doppelganger have in this run. It's literally like mother and child. Yeah, and it's very disturbing. (laughs) And it comes back later in a run that we're going to talk about in a bit, too, that relationship. Uh, So my first poll is going to be uh, Spider-Man Carnage. It's a trade paperback from 1991. It's harder to find uh, because it's out of print, but uh, I I was able to find it for five bucks in a comic shop one day. And it just it includes three ASM 344. So first Cletus Cassidy, three, a piece of 345, the important part, 359, and then 360 through 363. So it's basically introduction of, of Cletus Cassidy. Here's the info you need for that character. Here's the introduction and first full story for Carnage, which is about the uh, Spider-Man and uh, so it's Spider-Man and Venom kind of teaming up again against carnage at this point too they're they're literally this is the point where venom still really wants to kill spider-man and they have to form a truce in order to take out uh cletus and and carnage and this was written by david michelini artist and the artist was eric larson and mark bagley like we talked about before because they changed throughout that run so if you want the beginning storylines for the character that's where you would want to go origin story yeah always important all right chris what do you have next should we get into it should we get into the big boy uh okay let's let's mention a few of the other ones and then we'll get because that's like the the end bit for it so other storylines that people should be reading are literally what pretty much an adaptation of what we just got in in live action was venom versus carnage or Sometimes it's just referred to as Venom Carnage. This was uh, came out in 2004 by writer Peter Milligan and artist Clayton, Clayton Crane, who is is one of those artists that you either really like his art style or you're just not into it. I, for one, do really enjoy his take on, uh, like, just his art in general. I enjoy it because it's very different from anything else we get in comic books. Uh, this is the series that pits Venom, obviously, against Carnage. And results in the debut or additional spawning of uh, Carnage's uh, child, quote unquote child, Toxin, who is the police officer, Patrick Mulligan, who also, again, we got to see in the live action Venom Let There Be Carnage movie. And again, spoiler warning, pretty much they set him up to be Toxin in a next uh next interpretation or if we get it when we get a venom three we're probably getting toxin uh that totally went over my head and i'm so happy you said that but but yeah so patrick mulligan becomes toxin uh i thought what they though how they did it though with his eyes like lit up blue in the movie and he's like monsters i thought that was horrible (laughs) oh yeah i had no idea what was going on there (laughs) it was just it was random because we never saw his like he never like got touched by like the symbiote, like, well, he was hold like carnage was holding him at one point, but we never saw like a piece of the suit go off of him. 
mm-hmm. the fact that symbiotes are supposed to only like spawn every like they're only supposed to have like a spawn every generation and so the fact that mm-hmm. we had carnage and toxin start up in the same movie was just a little rushed uh but we'll get into the movie more but yeah so that's what the storyline is about it includes black cat in the storyline as well uh obviously spider-man is there because of course if it's a venom and carnage storyline pete like peter's gonna be there so a very fun a lot of action uh there are some devastating moments in the story so uh definitely one to go and read so venom versus carnage 2004 another one that we would recommend you pull is carnage family feud from 2010 zeb wells and clayton crane which is same uh same artist from the uh, previous one we were just talking about venom versus carnage or venom carnage um okay i'm about to get my feels here okay i have never hated a superhero more than i hate new century or (laughs) the century excuse me century yeah i hate him i remember looking up because i was like carnage is the best supervillain period and then i looked it up and it's like the century killed him i'm like who is the century (laughs) who is this a-hole that killed my favorite character (laughs) how dare you kill carnage he's indestructible (laughs) he really is indestructible (laughs) so uh carnage in this in this run is uh presumed dead after being ripped in half by the century in the new avengers in 2004 uh, and unfortunately, Carnage would be absent for nearly six years until his return in the storyline. Uh, <laughs> During so, which time Chris cried <laughs> continuously. Yeah, six <laughs> years of mourning, six years of plotting my revenge against the century. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so at this point, uh, there's there's robot legs in this. We we <laughs> should probably just preface that. <laughs> the robot legs are real. Uh, um, so industrialist Michael Hall gives robot legs to Cletus Cassidy. Yes. And so, yes. Yeah, so basically in the storyline, uh this industrialist Michael Hall uh is able to find the body and remnants of Carnage in space they're basically floating in space after sentry ripped him in half uh they find him (laughs) so they find him bring him back down and find out that the symbiote has been keeping cletus alive basically at the 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 carnage symbiote is at the brink of death and this company is able to essentially like reanimate both cletus and carnage and they're using the symbiote's bio like basically his biology in order to create uh, advanced tech and weaponry. And so there's this uh, kind of force that's created with all these different uh, quote unquote, like symbiote mech suits. So these people are looking like they're superheroes, but it's really like symbiote tech that they're using that obviously it's a, it's a carnage storyline. Carnage gets out symbiote (laughs) reforms And he then like basically absorbs all the other tech suits. And so you just see this massive hulking carnage monster beast go up against uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man. Jeez, that sounds fire. Yeah, it's a intense story and a super fun read. I'll say this carnage plus mech suits 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and within this storyline, there's actually an additional uh, symbiote that is formed. Uh, I won't say that just to kind of keep some excitement if people really do want to read the storyline, but another symbiote is created during this run that uh, we'll maybe we'll see come up in the future, but it's uh, definitely a, a great storyline to, to read. And if you are a fan of Clayton Crane, you definitely will want to read it. Uh, one of my personal favorite Carnage storylines is actually Minimum Carnage. This came out in 2012 and is a six-part series written by Colin Bunn and Christopher Yost among a plethora of different artists. This is a cross-series event, so we have Agent Venom storyline, and so there's the Venom storyline, which is about Agent Venom, and then the Scarlet Spider series, which is Kane. Uh, and if you don't know who Kane is, he's one of the clones of Peter Parker. He's the Jackal's first attempt at cloning Peter Parker before Ben Riley. Uh, and so Scarlet Spider is known for being a little bit more hyper-violent. He's not afraid to kill, especially earlier on in the storyline. And it is a team-up between Agent Venom and Scarlet Spider against Carnage. But this fight takes place in the Microverse. (laughs) Yeah. So basically what happens is Carnage finds out about this Microverse. And is like, there's a whole new place I can start killing people in. And so he goes there. And so Agent Venom and Scarlet Spider have to shrink down and go into this Microverse and fight Carnage. That's... Honestly, fantastic. And right. and Christopher Yost, that name jumped out to me. So I, I had to look him up and see some of his other work. Outside of writing comics, he uh, he also worked on Star Wars Rebels, which oh, okay. I, if you know me, I love uh-huh. I love me some Star Wars. And he was also a screenwriter. Well, well I personally am not a fan of Thor The Dark World, uh, but he was a screenwriter. There are some people who are apologists, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there, he wrote... Thor, or he worked as a screenwriter on Thor Ragnarok, which is yes. one of the best MCU films. I love so. Thor Ragnarok, yes. And then, obviously, written by Colin Bunn, uh, co-written by Colin Bunn. So he is one of my favorite writers, period. I talk about him on the show all the time. He's yes. come on to do an interview with us, and he is legitimately one of the nicest people I've ever met with, um, like creator and just people in general. He's awesome. So anytime I can plug anything he does, I do, which is why the next storyline <laughs> is also written by Colin Bunce. This is 2017 through 2018. We'll just touch on this really quick. It cr- falls along uh, Edge of Universe, which actually wasn't written by Colin Bunn. It was written by a couple different artists or a d- couple different writers. So Edge of Universe, then Venomverse and Venomize, which Colin Bunn did write both of those. This storyline is just there's another alien invasion on Earth. They're called the Poisons. And in order to combat them, Doctor Strange uses his magic to summon all of the different venomized heroes throughout the multiverse to come and fight against the poisons. And Carnage becomes one of the poisons. It's essentially the poisons are like symbiotes and they attach to different heroes and villains. And they get this suit that's more like a crystalline armor type looking thing. They have very hard edges and they basically look like a bunch of rock people. But they're they look like the character that they are on, but they basically just give them a little bit more durability and strength and all these different powers. Uh, during this storyline, uh, spoilers: uh, the Poison Queen is killed, and then all these exoskeleton suits that all these characters had fall off. And Cletus is in space at the time that this happens, and he just like plummets to Earth and dies. No. 
<laughs> but, but so that's the Venom verse kind of run. But that's what leads us directly into what we both really want to talk about: absolute carnage. One thing I want to say about uh, the last run that we were just discussing, the Venom verse. Yes. Poison Carnage looks so sick, but right? he almost doesn't even look like Carnage. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Like, he looks like a straight-up alien. Yep. And this is a storyline that I'm not saying... So, like, Venomverse, uh, Edge of Venomverse, Venomize, all those storylines. It, it's not... Like, we're not talking one of the greatest storylines of all time, but if you want, like, a fun, crazy crossover all the heroes all the villains like we get all the different versions of venomized characters like there's so much going on like we get a a venomized x23 we get venomized doctor strange we get cap we there's so many different characters that you get to see so if you are a fan of venom if you like the the venomized variants that came out this is a storyline that you want to read because it brings all those characters together for team-ups and going against really interesting looking villains and there there are some super creepy parts of the storyline colin bunn is great with horror his his storylines that he does like one of my favorites that he does is uh, bone parish and that one is super creepy it's like an amazing run it, and so there are moments you're like "Ooh, this is super messed up or wow i can't believe they just said this type thing you get a symbiote. You get a symbiote. You and get a symbiote. It's like just cue the Oprah gif. Just exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we made it. We made it. This here. this is one that I had never read, and Lance recommended it to me. And what a trip Whew, this so run good. was! Yes. Oh my god! I yeah. I'm all in on this because it was that awesome. It is unbelievably good. Like Donny Cates has crushed it with his Venom run. And this is part of that connected storyline. And so we have Donny Cates writing Ryan Stegman doing the art, who is just an absolute beast. Like all of his work is amazing. He makes, he makes these characters look so formidable and he has a great way of showing action and emotion and so when you're reading it i felt like i was watching a movie or i was watching like an animated series while reading this run it's incredibly captivating like specifically the scene that i really like when i first was like okay this is awesome was when they went to the prison to free um was it harry osborne so norman Norman, or, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. And they went to go and try to like get his codices or whatever codex. Yeah, the codex and yeah. and like everything started hitting the fan. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I need to see this in animated format and also in live action, please. Yep. And oh, we're gonna talk about some stuff in a bit because I, I'm kind of excited because there are potential for things happening soon. So uh as part of this Absolute Carnage event, prior to it, there was a Web of Venom Cult of Carnage number one issue that came out. It's just a single issue. There's no other parts to it. Uh, but the Cult of Noel, who Noel is the god of the symbiotes. and so when Cosmic talk- Satan. Cosmic Satan, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so when we're talking about the the planet of the symbiotes, so the, they're called the Clintar, so for planet Clintar. And we learn throughout Donny Kate's run that the planet is actually a prison of symbiotes 
with Noel at the center and they're stopping him from escaping. Uh, and the origin of symbiotes has constantly changed throughout recent years. And this is just the current interpretation of what's going on. And it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so the cult of Noel steals a surviving piece of the Grendel and the Grendel is a symbiote dragon that was created by Noel billions of years ago. So and, cool. <laughs> yes. And it, they use that piece of the Grendel to bond with the corpse of Cletus Cassidy to reanimate him in order to collect all the codices or the codex. So every single person that has ever been bonded to a symbiote has a codex. Uh, so Carnage is trying to collect all of these codices in order to be able to awaken Null and basically start the absolute destruction of the universe. But I was a little, I was a little murky on this. So Cletus wants to awaken Null to kill him and become the god of symbiotes, right? Oh yeah, he of course. So he yeah. wants to awaken him and then take his power. Yes, but he doesn't understand how powerful Null is. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, more symbiotes? I want to take it over. I want to be the god of everything. <laughs> like, we, need, we need to calm the god complex down, Cletus. Like, we need to cool it. You, you've died like 20 times already. He's got big goals in this run. Big he goals. He does. He does. Uh, and the look of Carnage is different in this run. So they refer to him as Dark Carnage. And he has the, there's a spiral. So we're talking like, we're not talking jigsaw spiral, but there is a spiral in all of these symbiotes that are connected to Null. With this look of Carnage, he basically looks like a skeleton, a huge skeleton. Uh, so you see his rib cage, you see his spine, but he's just covered in the symbiote. And he is terrifying to yes. look at. I can't, I can't even imagine being a superhero trying to like go up against him. No, that's horrifying. Like when Miles were Alice at one point, like oh, steps in, Miles. I was like, Miles, don't poor Miles, run, sweet precious boy, run. <laughs> you know nothing, Miles. We love, we love you, Miles. Don't die. It's <laughs> like I would. Not, I don't care how many superpowers I had. I would not be messing with this variant of Carnage. He's horrifying. No. Exactly. Oh man, the the issue that ends with like Miles just being like covered in like a symbiote i was just like no he can't kill off miles he needs to come into the life he needs to be in the mcu i know uh, uh. and so there's dark carnage and then there's another character calling himself carnage in this run and that's actually norman osborne because in amazing spider-man run at one point as the green goblin uh norman uh, bonds with the carnage symbiote and becomes the red goblin during this time, the symbiote basically splits Norman Osborn's mind into two separate entities and makes him think he actually is Cletus. And so in a, for a period of time, he just thinks he's Cletus Cassidy, the serial killer. But in reality, he's Norman. And th so he has that split personality. And it is really interesting to read. And there's a confrontation between this carnage and dark carnage that is... Uh, Let's just say it, it, it doesn't go great for Norman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bit of an understatement. <laughs> yes. uh, and with, without spoiling it, we won't say what happens to Cletus, but uh, there is a confrontation between uh, Eddie Brock's Venom and this new dark carnage Cletus Cassidy. And in order for Eddie to save his son, he needs to take certain steps. And what he does in results actually awakens and summons Noel. Yes. And I guess 
uh, you know, not to be spoilery, but it is revealed pretty early on in this run. The whole, like, the way that Eddie Brock's storyline is going in this is awesome. Obviously, this is a Carnage episode, but, like, the fact that he is deceiving his son into thinking that he's his brother and just, like, trying to protect him and then, like, how they involve his son later on. And specifically, one moment that I just had, like, an, oh, my God, I can't believe that mm-hmm. just happened was when Venom, it was actually after the prison scene, and Venom grows wings yes. and flies away. Yep. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's so good. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes. It, the, like, if you... If you've just read any of Donny Cates' work, you'll you'll know that he loves doing like the most interesting out there. You didn't expect it to happen, but it's happening type things. And putting him in this world where he can play with Venom and Carnage and Spider Man, oh, it it is an incredible run. And I'll just say this: I I w- wanted Cates to take over the Amazing Spider Man storyline because he writes Peter Parker perfectly. Like yes. his voice for Peter is one of the best ever. The conversations he has with Eddie are heartfelt and it draws a lot of their history together. And it there's a bond that Eddie and Peter form, not necessarily in this storyline. It's already been forming beforehand, but it is at its peak in this storyline. I, I legitimately, if there were just issues of them just having a conversation, I would read it because it's that good. Yes, agreed. Agreed. They the the back and forth between these two in this run is like top tier writing. I love it. If you've read earlier storylines of Carnage, Absolute Carnage will mean that much more to you because there are Easter eggs galore. Like every everything that pops up, and they're like, "Oh, I remember what that. Oh, that's a callback to this storyline." So if you know that, great. If you don't, this is still a bonkers balls to the wall storyline of carnage that you will love yes and one other thing that i just wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. so the maker dude yes. <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> yes the maker so so the maker is an alternate version of reed richards and he's not the greatest of individuals and he definitely is coming back later because there, there is a storyline that was set up for him that I, I cannot wait to see what happens. And it, it looks like we're going to get maybe like some resurgence of the ultimate universe going on with that storyline. So, oh, I cannot wait for more of that. Cannot recommend Absolute Carnage enough. And then that immediately ties into King in Black, which is was the huge event for Marvel over in, in 2020. So we're, we don't even get into that because that's much more of a Venom storyline. But read Absolute mm-hmm. Carnage, read King in Black. You'll have an absolute blast. Last thing I'll say, if you're not already sold on Absolute Carnage, Venom Hulk. Venom Thank Hulk. You. Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic, Venom Hulk. Uh, a, a couple quick things that we'll say here. Uh, I love the weird storylines. And so there was a Marvel DC crossover in 1995. And it was Spider-Man and Batman, and it's called Disordered Minds. It's <laughs> written by uh, J.M. DeMatisse, De, uh, De and artist Mark Bagley returns. Uh, and this is a storyline where Spider-Man and Batman go up against Joker and Carnage. Uh, I, do we need to say anything else about that one? Like, when, when I saw this on the show notes, I was like, oh my god, I need to read this. This sounds fantastic. 
it, it's such a cool storyline. But with, with this one, a company puts biotech chips inside of the minds of both Cletus and Joker, makes them docile. It doesn't work for Cletus. And then Cletus, using the Carnage symbiote, destroys the chip in Joker's brain, making them both their psychotic killers again. And then they go off and, again, we'll bring the word back, cause chaos. <laughs> I just imagine like a psycho version of Step Brothers. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. So much. So much, <laughs> so much room for activities. A quick run just because there are there are so many carnage storylines we can't talk about them all so other storylines that you might want to look up are carnage usa uh mind bomb it's a wonderful life superior carnage and the self-titled carnage 2015 series by jerry conway uh if you like more symbiotes in general or you just want a bunch of them there's a planet of the symbiotes uh storyline it was uh, written again by david michelini and it was a five issue series that crossed over with venom amazing spider-man spectacular spider-man Spider-Man and Web of Spider-Man. Uh, with this storyline, I I was in a, a shop in Utah randomly and just looking through and I found one of these issues. And my wife at the time was like, keep looking, like, see if you can find the rest of them. And I was like, there's no way. Like, these issues are so hard to come across. And they weren't next to each other. And she's like, just keep looking. And so I looked in each of the individual, like, what ASM, Spectacular, Spider-Man, web spider-man all those and i found all five in one day and i was <laughs> stoked that was so good because it includes so it's uh they're fighting carnage like venom spidey and ben riley scarlet spider are fighting against carnage in the storyline too uh yeah there's just like an invasion of symbiotes and it is amazing the more the merrier as i like to say just because we've kind of covered all these different storylines a few other characters uh, that have bonded to Carnage because we're mostly talking about Cletus, but some of my favorites are Ben Riley. So in Amazing Spider-Man 410, we get uh, Spider Carnage, which looks incredible because Ben Riley's Spider-Man suit is my favorite Spider-Man suit. One that I know, Chris, you will love is the Silver Surfer Carnage, uh, <laughs> the Cosmic Carnage. Fantastic! That right? sounds <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. That's Amazing Spider-Man 430 and 431. You would have a blast reading that one. Uh, and uh, it was revealed in this storyline that when uh, Carnage and Cletus were separated, that Cletus actually had stomach cancer and the symbiote was just keeping him alive. And because the symbiote had left Cletus to jump onto the Silver Surfer and takes his board, and so you get a Carnage version of the Silver Surfer. Cosmic Carnage is amazing looking. Right? It's so. Are you looking at the image of him on the surfboard? Yes, and I'm also looking at Venom Galactus, which is also absurd. Yes, Venom Galactus is awesome. I have that comic <laughs> book too. Uh, we we mentioned this one earlier. So Norman Osborn becomes the Red Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 798. And then one of my favorites is uh, Bizarnage. So in this in the Spider-Boy Amalgam storyline, Bizar there's a Bizarro Carnage uh, fusion because that's what amalgam is about combining dc and marvel characters together so we have bizarnage versus spider boy who is spider-man and uh Superboy. oh my god that just sounds fantastic yeah. bizarnage is a great word by the way yes i i need to start using it in my <laughs> daily. <laughs> and then even mary jane becomes carnage in the king and black uh, king and black tie-in storyline so Again, we could easily talk about any of these other characters, but today, just Cletus. All right. 
uh, Chris, we've been talking for a while, <laughs> so we'll take a little bit of a break. The best way to support us is by leaving a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts, and a review about what you liked in the episode does so much more. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. You can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at CBKCast. We love to interact on social media, especially on Twitter. If you message me on Twitter, I will respond. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out our good friend and composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. Check his amazing work at, at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as finding all of his music available for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Now back to the issue. What's wrong? Cassidy is gone. There is only carnage! Now that we've talked about all of our pull lists, uh, which, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot to, to read for Carnage. He's one of those characters that definitely gets a lot of love. I just want to talk a little bit about our Grail Find section. Now, Chris, you're starting to get more into comic book collecting. And I know that you are looking to soon get a, a Carnage pop added to your collection. So that that would be your Grail when you get that. Yes, I currently I, I've limited myself on how many Funko Pops that I can uh, have in my apartment currently because of yes. my space space limitations and things. <laughs> uh -huh. So I told myself like, OK, I'm going to buy all of like one character from each thing that I love the most, um, except for Star Wars. I have a couple of those, but um, I don't have anything Spider-Man yet and I want Carnage very badly. So that is definitely going to be. I I'm going to take a look. I don't know if they have it, but I would love to get one of these absolute carnage with the Grindel symbol, the spiral Ooh. on his head. Ooh, I think they did make one actually. I'm going to end up spending an absurd amount of money on eBay or something. <laughs> like, because we didn't even talk about it, but during, during that storyline, dark carnage has a look for a very long time. And then he gets like, he like levels up. He's like, this is not my final form type situation. <laughs> and he straight up becomes like the devil. So yeah, uh, I that, love that part. <laughs> yes, that, that look, I, I'm if they didn't turn that into a fungal pop, that was a missed opportunity on their part. Yeah. I mean, like I'm looking at it right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they definitely have his, uh, the absolute carnage one with the with the grindle symbol and everything and he's got like all his tendrils coming around yes yes yeah so that'll probably be the one that i get yeah i, I feel like that's in a bunch of comic shops still so you i think you'll have a good opportunity to snag one of those oh i, I so should probably mention he's on top of a bunch of tombstones <laughs> yes i feel <laughs> like of course. that's fitting of course yeah <laughs> that's, that's his home that's where he lives uh so i actually have uh, I, I did the same thing pretty similar as far as Funko Pops because at one point I had like 43 of them and I was just like I need to cut down a little bit um, <laughs> I, I was like I need I need to let Josh 
from FMBN podcast just have all of the pops. He, yes. he can be the pop podcaster. <laughs> I need to calm down a little bit. And But I, I do have the original Venom pop that came out uh, from Walgreens, and it actually has the Walgreens sticker on it before they changed the, the, the sticker for those. And then I also have the Hot Topic original uh, Carnage pop. So Ooh. those two I, I love. I've posted pictures of them. Before I went to the Venom Let There Be Carnage movie, I posted a picture and those two pops were in the background. That that's the the one that you're talking about that you got from Hot Topic. Is that the primary primarily like red one with some black hi- highlighting yes. on it? Yep. Like ninety nine, I think is the number. Yep, number ninety nine. Nice. Yeah, so that's the one I have. But as far as Grails, because obviously I I love comic books. I've been collecting for a while, like since I was a freshman in college. I've been collecting. Really, I had some before, but I wasn't like in it. And and now it it takes a lot of my money. I was gonna say now you're lost in the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) So I I have uh, ASM three forty four, which is first uh, Cletus uh, Cassidy. I have three sixty one through three sixty three, which is first Carnage and his first storyline. Like I've said before on the podcast, symbiotes take up a large percentage of my comic book collection. So just a few others that I really like of Carnage Um, from the two thousand and ten. Uh, Carnage run. I have issue one, but it's the uh, Zercher variant, and it just looks epic. So if you look up Carnage one 2010 uh, Zercher variant, you'll see, and it's just him walking forward, very reminiscent of the the uh, police escape scene from the movie when he's just walking forward. Carnage oh, just yeah. has his hands up like this, and the tendrils are going all over, and it is an epic cover. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. It's like, and it's not even that expensive. It's, I think it's like 10, like 15 bucks. It's not much, but I love it. Uh, I also own Amazing Spider-Man 410, which is uh, Spider Carnage. So Ben Riley is on the cover and he, he is uh, being consumed essentially by Carnage and they become one, one entity. And it is one of my favorite character designs of all time. I love it. His gaping maw with like fire inside of his Uh mouth, basically. It looks like hell itself is inside of him. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then, of course, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 431, uh, Carnage Cosmic, uh, because I I had to own that one. I I love the weirdest crossovers when – or if I see characters that are just an amalgamation of two, I I need to own it. I have that sickness, which is why I own all of the amalgam series. Uh, (laughs) But I I love crazy crossovers like that. So those are some of my grails for, for carnage in my collection. And I will, I'll check back in. Like I I got a comment that it's, it's kind of funny. I'm not a big comic guy, but I'm on the comic book keepers finale here. And I, (laughs) I'm going to be buying some carnage comics after this. And Lance was kind enough. He sent me an entire care package of comics, which I will be reading very soon. And, uh, hopefully the next time I come on, I'll actually have some comics that, uh, for whatever episode that we do. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So it begins. I was just trying to start your sickness. <laughs> it's it's a real thing. Uh, okay. So now we're let's get into some of these adaptations. And normally we start with like the shows, animation, but I want to start with games first for this one. And the reason is because uh, in 1994, there was the Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage game for the uh, Super NES and the Sega Genesis. 
the reason I want to talk about this, even though neither of us have played this game, it like I I was born in ninety, you were born in ninety three. It's not a surprise mm-hmm. that we haven't played a game that came out in nineteen ninety four. Uh, just because I didn't grow up with this either of these gaming systems in my home, so I never had the chance to play them. I've heard amazing things about it. it I've been told that it is a good uh, representation of the Maximum Carnage storyline, but it 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 was just like a really enjoyable game. However, the reason I want to talk about it first is because we're still just barely coming off of comic, talking about the actual comic books. When this game came out, it came with an Acclaim Entertainment comic. So Acclaim Entertainment is the company that was part of creating this video game. They reprinted part one of the Maximum Carnage storyline with Spider-Man Unlimited number one. And there, this was a free version of the book of the comic that came with the game. And it has an absolutely amazing cover. It's it's the same cover of the video game. So the image that you see on the video game is this carnage that's kind of jumping forward. But the comic also has Venom and Spider-Man kind of jumping towards each other as well. It is one of the coolest covers that shows carnage ever. I am obsessed with this book. And sadly... Uh, it is a book that is one of the most expensive for Carnage. Period. Like it's probably it's like his first appearance, and then this book. Uh, so like ungraded versions of this book are selling for like four hundred to seven hundred dollars. Uh, CGC graded eight O sold for six hundred and twenty bucks. A nine O nine point eight CGC graded is worth about five grand. Five oh grand, God. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that sale was in March of twenty twenty. So like. Within this year or within last year, this book sold for five grand. It, and it's one of those that people might like, think, oh, this is a cool cover, but it says free instead of giving a price. So it says free and people might think, oh, it was just like a giveaway. Who cares? If you see this book, if you see Maximum Carnage 1 <laughs> and it says free on it, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Please. You, you need to buy it. If you see it in the dollar section, which if you do, you are the luckiest person in the world, buy it. But it's one of those books that it will always be on my hunt list, but am I ever going to own it? Probably not, but never say never. I've, I've found plenty of books that, that I should have paid much more for, for a dollar. So I'll, I'll end up wandering into a comic book store, opening up a box being like, Oh, I think this is the only stallion. (laughs) If you find that, I will be so happy for you. (laughs) And and then I will be like, Chris, never open that book, put it in, put it in a bag and board, put it in a top loader and just never read it. Just just buy the regular Spider-Man unlimited issue one. I'll send you one. So you don't. have to open. Uh, So that, that's why I wanted to start with games, but of course, Chris, we're we're '90s kids. We yeah, baby. We, uh, well, our gaming system uh, was the N64. For me, it was the N64. I was obsessed with that console, and we had Spider-Man come out in 2000. Oh. And I'm gonna just because I started talking about the other one, I'm gonna let you take it away. Tell me your thoughts thoughts on this game. Okay, first of all, we got a symbiote invasion that's being orchestrated by Doc Ock and Carnage. I'm all in, baby. This game was awesome. It's done by Neversoft, who also did, like, the Tony Hawk games. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, like, I mean, you know, you already you already got success there, right there. Okay, I need to ask. So, 
in in Tony Hawk Pro Skater, did you also turn off all of the songs except for Superman by Goldfinger? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because I had a friend who was obsessed with TNT. God. And he literally named his character TNT and made him this like ridiculous. He looked like a troll doll, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just ride around the city listening to that. And I never, uh, I actually never played with the song song settings. I probably should have though. Yeah. I, I, I probably would have done that. <laughs> An incredible album, but I was obsessed with that song and I just would play it on repeat. Yep. All right. Um, back, back to the game though. <laughs> so, so Spider-Man, uh, First of all, it's kind of cool. This came out in, on multiple platforms, like N64, PlayStation, Game Boy Color, Dreamcast, and the computer. So they were like, everybody gets this game, They're which is... Pumping, pumping it out. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why like so many people have played this one. Yeah. You know, because it's uh, on everything. But we get to see a lot of really great villains in this. Scorpion, Rhino, Venom, Mysterio, and like we said, Carnage and Doc Ock. Um, and then the finale which was incredibly freaking difficult i was 10 how am i supposed to beat that level come this on this is like this is before the internet was like prevalently used to look up like strategy guides and things or you'd have to like print them out so that you could like read it as you tried to play and monster ock which is carnage doc ox fusion he was created specifically for this game and boy is he just absolutely ridiculous so, like, were you freaked out by this game because this like the carnage level where he's chasing you and he's like screaming and laughing and basically saying i'm gonna kill you while like <laughs> chucking blades out of his hands at you and yeah. then and then the crossover like you said the doc Ock carnage combo chasing you like it was terrifying yeah i i definitely was pretty scared of this game at points i mean i I feel like part of my love for like horror in general, part of it was Jurassic Park. Yep. But part of it was definitely my obsession with Carnage as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, oh, I loved this game. I loved playing, like choosing all the different suits. I loved the symbiote suit because it had that unlimited webbing. So you didn't have yeah. to worry about picking up those cartridges. Uh, again, I also loved the armored suit because the spider armor was amazing. Spider yeah. armor is always awesome. Yeah. Or or you could play as Bagman with a Fantastic Four suit and the bag <laughs> on the head. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, there's a lot of heroes in this too. Yeah. Like uh, we see Black Cat. We see Eddie Brock. You know, we see Daredevil, uh, Human Torch. Like there's just a lot of the Punisher. I mean, yeah, Punisher. There, there's a poker game <laughs> in this. In this. Like all the heroes are together. Uh, I love it. I like not to like down on the newer Spider-Man games. Cause they're also amazing. But my biggest complaint with them is they don't have enough villains. Cause Spider-Man has so many great villains and I would like to see like more heroes here and there. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. This, this game was just hits home. Like I still own the cartridge. I, I probably will play it again pretty soon just cause I love playing through all the, the I love the storyline. It's just a lot of fun. But holy crap, is that last level hard trying to not oh stick God. to the stupid walls? You're like, stop sticking to the side wall. Just oh stay God. in the middle. Dude, I so I was just reading this too. Uh, since we talked about Tony Hawk Pro Skater for a second. Did you know Spider-Man was a hidden character for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2? 
no and how do i get the, to play him <laughs> hold on i'll i'll do some research okay. but uh yes. you, you you keep going okay yes because i need to be able to play as spider-man uh so now that we've talked about the games uh obviously there's more video games with carnage but those were the two that are like very prevalent with the character uh in animation of course again 90s kids the 1994 Spider-Man, the animated series. Like, th- this was so much fun. The We have Carnage was voiced by uh, Scott Cleverdon. And, like, what is there to say about the series other than it's amazing? <laughs> like, I, I love the series so much. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, probably one of the best cartoons in general. Uh, like superhero cartoons, in my opinion, like the only other one that I would say uh, I personally preferred to this Spider-Man cartoon was the X-Men cartoons yeah. from the early nineties. Yeah. Um, it's agreed. So, but like the, the Spider-Man is definitely like top tier. I mean, for me, it's like X-Men, Spider-Man, and then uh, the Batman cartoon. Well, yeah. I'm more preferential to Batman beyond, but that's just, that's more preference. Dude. Than- same i love batman beyond i love me some terry terry mcginnis i think is yes terry mcginnis oh man yeah it's that same for me like x-men animated series amazing spider-man and batman the animated series it's just always this nebulous of which one do i love more yeah uh but batman beyond man has a special place in my heart i have the pop i have the the full like blu-ray box set with the additional like metallic batman beyond and I I bought I bought the uh, Batman Beyond N sixty four game as soon as I found out it existed, which was this la- this year <laughs> or last year, and I played through it in about an hour and it's horrible and I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it goes. That's yes. how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so obviously not much more to say about that. The series is amazing. We also get to see Spider Carnage later in that series as well, yes. which is really cool. Uh, moving on to 1999, we have Spider-Man Unlimited, which was a uh, like you had a different suit of of uh, Peter Parker, and it, it was like nanotech, and it like rolled over him, and he had like a little web cape on it too, and it was uh, a really fun series. I loved the music, I loved the character designs. Uh, it only lasted a season, but I I really enjoyed it. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Carnage and Venom's design in the show, though, but I enjoyed the overall narrative. Uh, Carnage looked a lot more like a, a xenomorph <laughs> uh, than anything else, but it wasn't like a good xenomorph. It was like a like a can we get this this dude some food kind of a xenomorph. Yeah, he looked emaciated. Yeah, it wasn't great. He uh, Carnage was voiced by Michael Donovan in this series, who was uh, Sabretooth in X-Men Evolutions, which like we talked about that beforehand. Like we both love X-Men Evolutions too. Yeah. I, I like, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this, like the characters that I'm most excited to have introduced, like it was carnage, but now the group that I want to see the most is the X-Men because I love the X-Men cartoons, like both that and the original and evolution. And, uh, I personally liked all of the X-Men films from Fox last stand, except for that one and dark Phoenix, but like the rest of them, I genuinely enjoyed all of them Mm because I just love the characters so much. Like the movies don't even have to be that great. It's just cool seeing them in live action. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited to see what they do with mutants moving forward because they definitely were pushing the mutant agenda with Shriek in Carnage, yes. which is very exciting. Uh, and just throwing it out there so that the person that voiced Carnage in uh, Spider-Man Unlimited 99, uh, aside from Sabretooth and X-Men Evolutions, was also Sage in Ronin Warriors. And I was obsessed with that show, too. I freaking love Ronin Warriors. It was basically Power Rangers, but rather than being in like those type of suits like like sentai suits they were in uh like uh just armor like i'm trying to think of the like well ronin armor as ronin warriors so i don't think i've seen wow i don't know how i missed this but it's coming to streaming next month yes it was the toys were epic like you could take all the armor pieces off and they had bunch of weapons the villains looked really cool uh it it, i guarantee you if you watch the show just with like your 90s child brain you will love it (laughs) i'm sure i will i'm trying to see apparently it's going on uh apparently it's on hbo max oh okay yeah all right so I'll be like, as soon as we finish recording this, I'm going to end up going and watching (laughs) the, the Spider-Man series that you just recommended from, uh, what was it from 2000? Uh, Yeah. 99. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever watched that one. So I'm about to just go binge through that. (laughs) It is is weird in the coolest ways. Like it's not a great show, but the Spider-Man design is so cool. And the concept is really interesting. The execution, maybe not, but I think you'll still have fun with it. <laughs> I mean, but you also yeah. did just—you did also did just have to get through uh, dog soldiers for. Oh my god! Horrors, <laughs> so, so if you can get through that, I think you can get through this. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <Miles. laughs> also, I I misspoke. Uh, Ronan Warriors is free on Tubi. Excuse me. Oh, okay. There we go. Tubi yeah. coming in clutch. All right. Yeah. We've gotten through the animated series, so now we're on to the movies. So in 2018, in Venom, we get to see Cletus in the post credit scene, played by uh, Woody Harrelson, in a horrible, horrible wig. It's really bad. It's like a laughably bad wig. He looks like, he looks like Ben Stiller playing Simple Jack in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good. It, it wasn't a good look. I'm very glad they changed his hair. Uh, because in, in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, his hair is still bad, but it's like, it's done purposely, purposefully, yeah. whereas his hair was bad in the post-credit scene without them trying to make it bad, you know? Yeah, like, he just looks like he's an insane person who doesn't care about his hair now, whereas before it was like, yikes, I'm not even yeah. going to be able to look at Woody Harrelson without <laughs> just staring at his hair. <laughs> It's like, uh, you look like the Simpsons clown right now. Like <laughs> what is happening? Uh, but, and, and again, also in the end credit scene, like the, the name of when I get out of here, there's going to be carnage. Like I was like, eh, like, the like, yeah. Like, did we need to say that? No, you could have like said a creepy line type of thing, but yeah, whatever. Like, we, we how they did toxin, uh, like for the upcoming, what's, yeah, like I was like, whoa, like what is I honestly didn't even think too much of it. I was like, why are his eyes blue? <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's a White Walker now game. All right. So, yeah, so that was interesting. But of course, we both got to see Venom, Let There Be Carnage. W- what are your thoughts on the film, Chris? 
Okay, so for me, it was like a little bit above middle of the road um, in terms of superhero movies. I'd give it like probably a 5.5 to a 6. However, like I have personal bias that because it wasn't like a bad movie at all. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, but it just like was not. It was definitely better than the first one. Yes. And Carnage is a much stronger villain in this one. However, I felt like it could have used a lot more Carnage. Absolutely. Um, like all the stuff when Carnage was on scene was sick mm-hmm. uh, or on screen. But, you know, there was a lot of like Eddie and Venom's back and forth on how they were like divided or whatever. I was way less interested in that. And like even his love interest, I was OK with them like revisiting because they tied it t- together at the end. I thought the whole like idea of like a really messed up wedding like they did the whole like serial killer thing pretty well, I felt. Um, so there was there was a lot to like in this movie, uh, but I just felt like you know for how much I love Carnage and how iconic of a character he could be if they really gave him some serious screen time, you know, like obviously it's not going to go rated R like we were talking about earlier. But as a whole, I that was my biggest complaint was I wanted more Carnage. I did like how they introduced Shriek. I thought that was really cool and unexpected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was going to be in the movie. Um, and then obviously, like you said, Toxin, I had no, absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but like the fight scenes were really good. They looked really good. Um, I, I will say that I wish Carnage had done less of like the um, spike shooting and more just blade attacks. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Cause, cause he's like, it, like whether it's the finger blades or like the big arm blades, I just wanted to see him like hacking and slashing. And, you know, we did get to see that, like, for example, the scene where he bites that person's head off in the alley and you just see their body. Uh, The whole breakout scene was sick. Um, Yes. The the breakouts like that is in my mind, like the perfect like portrayal of the chaos and, and insanity that Carnage brings. That whole sequence of breaking out of the prison was phenomenal i loved the way carnage looked in this yes. movie yeah agreed and and i'll say this the only thing that i would have changed about that breakout scene was once he cleared out all the guards if he had started killing the inmates that would yes. have been insane i thought he was gonna as soon as they were like cheering for him i thought he was just gonna obliterate them too i know i think that would have just been too dark like i think they i think they were like skirting the line on that pg-13 rating Oh, they absolutely were because we were seeing bodies drop left and right. <laughs> that one got thrown through a metal, like a gate on a prison cell. I was like, that man's back is broken. Yeah. <laughs> like even when he he kills the he hangs the woman that is the like the doctor that's keeping Shriek imprisoned, yes. and he's in the other room and he uses a tendril to literally strangle her, and then he lets go and you see her body drop in the frame of yeah. the window that part was dark Dude, but- her shoes are just shaking while he's doing a monologue i'm like oh my god i can't believe this is in this movie <laughs> yeah, they, they got away with a lot so i i was surprised by quite a bit of it like so same thing i i think this is a big improvement over the first venom i think venom's design and animation looked better in this film as well yeah uh i think tom hardy did a great job portraying the character he was going after and like the the relationship that Venom and he were having throughout the entire film was really enjoyable. Like same concept. I, I don't think it was a phenomenal film, but I had so much fun because that's what I wanted 
from this film. I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. And, and I got that. I was just going to say, I think part of my reservations were also kind of at the end, I was a little disappointed because I kill Cletus, but as we know, Cletus can come back. Um, so I was, I was a little like, I was like, Oh man, like, I feel like there's a lot of potential for this character still. And like, you know, obviously carnage is like venom's number one adversary besides spider-man i would say from yep. from my layman's knowledge um absolutely so so i i really hope that they bring him back uh and toxin would be cool i'd like to see who's the is it banshee or scream scream, scream. i would like to see scream, scream. Mm-hmm. is that is that shriek with the symbiote i think they're different characters I know, I know, I know the new the scream that's in the comics now is a completely different character. Okay, well, I definitely want to see more symbiote characters. Like, yep. you know, I'm I'm good with I'm good with you know them introducing more and more. Obviously, Carnage is my favorite, but you know, we can give some some opportunities for others yes. to shine. In my opinion, I, I eventually like. I love Agent Venom. I think that Joe, like in this whole multiverse thing going on, I would love if they brought. Joe Manganiello, I always say his name wrong, but he played Eddie Brock in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films. And he, so he, he's the actor that plays Death, oh, is yeah. Deathstroke in the DCEU mm-hmm. uh, that we got to see that little clip from. And so he's playing, oh, sorry, he wasn't playing Eddie Brock. He was playing Flash Thompson and Flash Thompson because becomes Agent Venom. And I think he would be a perfect Agent Venom uh, because Ooh. the Flash Thompson we have in, in the current like Spider-Man, No Way Home. So Tom, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, like that actor, I enjoy that actor, but he's not fitting for like an Agent Venom storyline. It just wouldn't really work because he doesn't yeah. have like the the presence that Flash has in the comics. Uh, but I, I would love to see Agent Venom show up too. And with multiverse, it's a potential. But at, at talking about uh, like Venom, let there be carnage just a little bit more. The things I wasn't a big fan of, obviously, like the monsters line from from the uh, Patrick, I think it's Patrick Mulligan is the cop because he becomes yeah. toxin in the comic books. So his monsters line was horrible and the cut right <laughs> after it, it didn't make any sense. It wasn't a good setup. The fact when they were fighting and they were saying that Cletus and Carnage weren't like the perfect symbiosis, like they, they yeah. weren't, which is completely against everything that part of the comics because they are so in sync with one another in the comics. Literally, they are bonded more strongly than Eddie and Venom. Yeah, like they are one entity, and so the fact that they were able to beat them because of their inability to cooperate, I didn't like. I I understood why they did it because without teaming up with a, other heroes or potentially antiheroes, Venom at this point shouldn't have been able to beat Carnage, and so they had to create that, uh, that feud between them through Sheik Shriek. But yeah, I actually almost thought that she was going to attack carnage yes um mm-hmm. and and like disable the symbiote long enough for venom to to eat it or whatever yeah and i i almost feel like that would have been a better a better payoff because like you said Agreed. uh it just like kind of overhypes eddie and venom's like symbiosis compared to to cletus and carnage and w- one thing that i thought was a little odd like i didn't hate it but it just felt odd was the tornado move that he used in the prison yeah i was like i don't know what this is but like sure fine he's just like <laughs> he's just like swinging blades left and right but i was like sure whichever like yeah, it's why fine. not 
yeah like it, it, it's it's less cgi that they have to do like it, it's yeah. less like detailed cgi i should say like if he's just spinning but man when they're like shooting him and it's just opening up and like nothing's hitting him and oh so good i freaking love the way he looked in this movie i think woody harrelson did a great job with the character yeah uh I, and the reason why i think we'll get more even though in the movie again we already said major spoilers but uh woody harrelson like they eat the symbiote so mm-hmm. venom eats the carnage symbiote and eats cletus's head yeah the fact that their bond is so strong they they resurrect cletus and carnage so many times in the in the comics i highly doubt he's gone forever at this point and we're also in a multiverse and so cletus a different version of cletus could easily show up yes but they had started to mention in the end credit scene or in the end of the movie. No, it was the end credit scene. They're talking about uh, Venom. The symbiote is saying, uh, Eddie, every, all of us have a past. And so there's all this time that Venom has been this entity that Eddie knows nothing about. And he brings up the hive mind. Now the hive mind goes directly back to everything that's going on with Noel. So yep. Noel created the symbiotes and as, as a whole they are connected and right when venom is about to show eddie some information about the insane like the long amount of time that venom has been alive which is like it's like billions of years like he's he's crossed the stars kind of a thing he has a bunch of knowledge and right when he's showing it is when we get the phase moment And we get to see the room around Eddie changing. And he asks Venom, like, what are you doing? He's like, this isn't me, Eddie. Everything changes. And then the TV pops up and we see J. Jonah Jameson. Played by J.K. Simmons, a.k.a. (laughs) (laughs) Omni-Man. So we get to see that man, that incredible, incredible man, bring up (sighs) the fact that Tom Holland's or Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And it's Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And it shows him on screen without a mask on. Yeah, I don't know how that's happening. Um, I don't either, but I freaked. I freaked out in the theaters. Yes. And so, like, this is, this is a, like, again, we already said major spoiler. And I'll, like, again, that's what it is. We already said (laughs) But, so we know now that Venom, Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy Venom is now a part of the, the connected MCU, so the Spider-Man universe that we're looking at. With that comes major implications of when are we seeing Venom pop up again? Dude, oh my uh, God. Wait, wait, before we before we get into speculation, there was one other scene that I just want to throw out there that I thought was great and it was very yeah. carnage-esque. Uh-huh. When he was on the bridge in the red car and he just, yes. the symbiote tendril comes out and just throws that truck off the bridge. I was like, that was very carnage. Yes, absolutely. 100% a carnage move to make. <laughs> okay. Back to, back to multiverse implications. Yes. So we've already talked a little bit, but I want you to say where you think Venom next shows up. So I, so I personally don't think that they'll have him in no way home. Okay. I think that they will have him introduced in the multiverse of madness. All right. But that's also my personal like want because I love Venom and I'm excited to have him on screen with Spider-Man. However, there's already a ton of people that I believe are going to be coming back 
Yep. And I don't want it to be overcrowded because I want all of those characters to have like room. Like I want to see Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, like mm-hmm. actually get to interact with Peter Parker, whichever variant that is. Like I want to make sure that they those characters have time to breathe yes. and aren't just all crammed in there because that was one of my only issues with Spider-Man three was like, I felt like there was just too much going on where like not one character really, they one character never got the spotlight that it deserved for the villains because Sandman and Venom and uh, Hobgoblin were all awesome. Like they could have all been the villain for the whole movie or maybe like just two of them. But yeah, I just don't want too much packed in there because I want to make sure they have room to breathe. Yeah, I I think they called uh, Harry Green Goblin two in spider-man 3 as that's much what it as, was as much as we want hobgoblin to show up <laughs> like green goblin 2 sure, <laughs> whatever i think that just the way the scene looked the way it shifted i feel like that was uh, a repercussion of the spell that happens in no, the no way home trailer with dr strange mm-hmm. and we there's actually a photo of tom hardy wearing a spider-man no way home hat out there that's going around i have seen that so there is potential that he shows up and this is why i think he might show up in no way home peter especially tom holland's peter needs help to go up against all these characters this is not the spider-man that is ready to go up against the sinister six so we're, we're talking alfred molina doc ock uh green goblin we're we're looking at electro, electro. sandman um and then there's always been that talk of who's the sixth oh oh no we already we already have um vulture uh, right uh, not so vulture might show up but they've already shown in one like if you turn up the brightness in one of the trailers you see it looks like it's the lizard that is trying to go after peter uh and so you have all these characters and then there's that been that potential of who's who's like else is going to be showing up because in the trailer too, it looks like lightning is trying to hit Peter and then sand comes up to protect yes. him. And so that's where we're talking about, are all these characters showing up to be villains? And you're like, I don't think so. I think like Sandman was, was a character that was only doing things for his daughter and was yeah. not really a, like a villain villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I could definitely see him trying to help Peter in this movie. Do you think that we'll get multiple st- Spider-Man? Like, do you think that Toby and Andrew are going to come back? I th- I think they're going to show. Do I think they're going to be like huge players throughout the whole film? No, but I think that we're getting them in the trailer. There's just a shot where Peter's on the bridge and you see him in the spider armor and the 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 legs are out. And yeah. just the way the the shot is made, it makes me think one that that's not the suit Peter's wearing. And I think the rest of the space being filled is Toby and uh andrew on either side of him i know exactly what shot you're talking about it's on the freeway when he's like crouched down or whatever yeah it's just the way it's set up i'm like at this point in the movie would peter be using the iron spider suit and and then just the way it's the dynamic is i'm like this much space and the way it's kind of shot it looks like people should be on either side of him Yes. So and I, I want I, that. Yeah. I, like, am I giving my, am I saying a hundred percent they're going to show up? No, they could easily not be there or they could be there for a second. Um, but I think that Peter needs more help to go up against all these villains. And I think Venom is a good person to throw in there because, but I think Venom shows up first as an antagonist 
because his whole thing is he wants to be the lethal protector. And mm-hmm. originally Venom viewed Spider-Man as this menace of someone that's doing the wrong thing. And so I see him showing up and then finding out Peter is actually a hero and being like, oh, man, we need to go up against all these other people. And I think we're going to get a team up. But I think that this is what we were talking about a little bit before is I think we might get maybe a piece of the symbiote goes on to Peter like they share the symbiote potentially. And we Mm -hmm. get to see black suit Spider-Man because it increases his powers exponentially and they fight together. And then at the end of it, the symbiote, the rest, that piece of the symbiote goes back onto Venom, but Venom's like, I like the spider and he keeps the white spider logo on himself. And that's how we, that's how we get the full, the, the, like the fleshed out. This is the reason why we have the spider logo on Venom. Cause Venom's hilarious. Like he does whatever he wants. And I yeah. could totally see the symbiote being like, I like the spider logo, Eddie. We're keeping the spider <laughs> logo, Eddie. I mean, I would not, I would not be opposed to having Venom and, and Spidey team up. Um, I just, you know, like I want to make sure when they do fully. So like officially Venom is now in the MCU, but yeah. like I want to make sure when he's there, like it works. You know yes, what I mean? 100%. I don't want it to be botched at all. So like, I mean, it seems like, you know, that. First off, I'll just say Let There Be Carnage was worth watching just for the end credit scene. Personally. 100%. Um, and so it seems like they knew what they were doing uh, from the get go that they were going to incorporate him. So these plans have been in motion for a while and no way homes marketing campaign has been very like hush hush because I think there's a lot of big surprises they haven't revealed to us. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think they would have showed us Alfred Molina if they didn't have a lot more like ready for us. There's so much coming. Like we've seen, we've seen the uh, bridge scene. That's it. That's it. That's all we've seen. Yep. And there's a lot coming. There's going to be a lot of surprises. Uh, I, as much as I like, I would love it if we're saying like this film's coming out. How crazy would that be if the movie happens and at it we get to like near the end of that because it's close to like a what is it two and a half hour? It's close to three hour mark. Like the movie's long. They've already given the runtime and it is long. But what if we're getting to that point and it, it hasn't gotten to like a finality moment yet, and then it just ends and then it's like no way home part two coming soon. Like, Oh like, my God. Like if it's this big, like how cool would that be if they split it into two huge films? Yeah. I'd be completely fine with that. Honestly, I like, like I said, I want to make sure that they have enough time to breathe and they don't have to kill these characters off or like no. finish the fight nope. for me to be satisfied. Like I want, I've been saying for a while, I would take a new Spider-Man movie every year because there's 100%. just so much you can do. Yep. Um, so like, I would love to see part two and that would kind of, I think give Spider-Man more of a like birth of his own because, you know, it, we've only gotten homecoming and far from home. And then obviously he was in, you know, the in game and in infinity war, but like we need, like, I can't wait to see him in uh, multiverse of madness and I would love to see a sequel to No Way Home that is like a direct sequel. But like, I mean, I feel like they would have announced that already or something. Or if they're trying to like do something that's never been done before, as far as like a secret sequel, that'd be like, do I think it's going to happen? No. Would I be stoked if they did that? hundred yeah. percent. 
Yeah, Ugh, agreed. They're, they're, it's just exciting because this, I feel like we're at the first point in the MCU where I'm like, they can do whatever. Like anything can happen now. Like we might, we might get a resurrected Cletus Cassidy because if they bring back Noel, like if Noel comes into play, cause they're already talking about the hive mind. That's how that character could come back easily. If they have the cult of carnage, cause they already talked about Cletus's fans. So there, there's a lot going on that. Oh, oh man. They're, I'm so excited. Like there's also, you know, there's been seeds planted too, that I'm interested to see pay off. Like you said earlier, you know, we've got, um, the guy playing flash. I want to see what's going on with him. Like when are we, when are we going to have the transition to him being, you know, super powered? <laughs> yeah. And then also, um, his best friend, Ned, mm-hmm. like, doesn't he end up being a villain? Yeah. I like, think he's hobgoblin. Yeah. I like, there's a long journey still with Spider-Man, which is why I'm like, we need some more Spider-Man films to kind of like flesh this whole, like they've set up a lot. Now let's start getting some of these payoffs. Like I'm interested to see how him being revealed as Spider-Man is even going to play into this. Obviously it's the catalyst for why he goes to Dr. Strange, but like it's kind of seeming to me like they'll end up undoing the spell or whatever. And then yeah. he is going to still have to deal with being known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Oh, there's so much happening. I'm just excited to see it. I'm just ready to experience everything that's going to be going on. Yes. Agreed. Uh, all right. So we've, we've talked a lot about the movie. Uh, just a couple n- other notable carnage things in 2002 during the Halloween horror nights at Universal Orlando's Island of Adventure they actually created a haunted maze and called it Maximum Carnage and there was like bloodied up heroes throughout the maze and obviously Carnage was involved so thought I thought that was cool and then of course we have the amazing uh Broadway <laughs> musical Spider-Man turned off the dark and Carnage was a member of the Sinister 6 I I tried to go see that but when I went to New York, it had been shut down because Spidey kept getting stuck in the air. Yeah, I heard Spider-Man got injured multiple times at that, too. Yeah, it was it was not, not the greatest <laughs> thing. If you were the Spider-Man at that, you just needed to be ready for things to go wrong and get hurt. It's not <laughs> Gotta good. have good health insurance. Right, yeah. Those Broadway actors, I'm sure they have great health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've talked about all these storylines, adaptations, it's time to go into what each issue we do when nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this week we wanted to ask what character, individual person, fiction or real, would you like to see bond with the carnage symbiote? All right, Chris, do you, do you have a, someone in mind that you want to see bonded with this very interesting <laughs> alien? I'm between two, so you go first. I'm still processing. Okay. So I would love there to be a comic or like an animated special of Hannibal Lecter bonding to the Carnage symbiote. I see this as uh, Hannibal has abducted Cletus and in some way subdued the symbiote and was like, I just want to see what a serial killer tastes like. <laughs> and, and so, of course, it's the refined Hannibal Lecter. He's pairing it with a nice Chianti. And there's there's all this stuff going on. He's just very much of this. Bef- until he is 
uh, very aggressive. He's very subdued and relaxed. And so he's consumes Cletus and within the blood of Cletus, the, the formation of the bond comes to life with Hannibal Lecter. So we get a carnage Hannibal Lecter, but rather than being this uh, chaotic going into the streets, murder rampage character, I want to see it more of the refinement that Hannibal brings to the case. And so he's going out and finding people that he would think would be delicious and, and is consuming like certain individuals that he finds worthy of his palate. But I just want to see like a car, like Hannibal Lecter in full carnage gear, sitting like upright pop, like proper <laughs> with like using utensils to just like cut into people and then eating them. I think it, it would be such like a, like a, a change for seeing carnage in general, but still bringing that, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe this character is doing what they're doing right now. I love that. I, I absolutely let's, that needs to happen. Whoever's out there listening that writes comics or draws them. It's time. You've, you've, you've heard the call to action. <laughs> the beacon's been lit. <laughs> um, okay. So the two that I'm between, one was the Roadrunner from Oh my God. <laughs> Just this absolutely evasive, unstoppable force with Carnage symbiote on top of it. <laughs> uh, but in in reality, the one that I'm really thinking of is I would love to see a Jason Voorhees Ooh. Carnage combo. Um, yes. Yes. I think it would be very cool because it would kind of be like fusing Freddie and Jason a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we'd get the uh, the quippiness and ridiculousness of Carnage with just the, the massive hulking body of Jason Voorhees. And I would love to see a machete sh- uh, wrapped in the symbiote, the Carnage symbiote. That would be really cool. I love that. I, I can just imagine the symbiote like constantly just trying to be like, will you freaking talk to me already? And <laughs> Jason just like never says a word. He's just <laughs> it's like, will will this sound just stop in my head for once? He's like, you're driving me insane. He's like, you're really creeping me out right now, Jason. <laughs> I could I could totally see like that one-sided conversation happening and would just make for comedy gold and then yeah. just and then just juxtaposed to that is just the absolute carnage that is created by them <laughs> together. Yeah, it's like he's like uh Jason slowly walking up like fully bodied up in the carnage symbiote and Carnage is just shouting, "Yeah, you better run. This guy is not messing around." <laughs> He's like, he's moving slow, but if we get you, you are done for. I'm not even helping him right now. He's coming to kill you by himself. <laughs> oh, I want both of these. Let's just We just need a two-part comic with both of them. Hannibal Lecter, Jason Voorhees, and Carnage. Let's go. That would be amazing. Horror movie characters and Carnage just work well. I was also considering Ghostface. That would be fun. Ooh, yeah. That would be really fun, too. Oh, From Scream. Yeah, I agree. I think all these would be amazing. It's I like just, a whole series of horror movie icons and Carnage. If they decided to do it like a, like a, a comic line of just one-shots of 
Carnage with like what if Carnage was bonded to Jason Voorhees, Freddy, Freddy Krueger, like all Animal. these 100%. <laughs> let's go. I would buy all those A and B covers, all the variants. Leatherface and the chainsaw blade is oh. Carnage Spikes. <laughs> yes. Holy crap. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Like Marvel. Marvel. Let's go. Let's bring in these other characters. You need to work with Dynamite because Dy- I feel like Dynamite has most of the rights of these other, <laughs> like the the horror icons. So, yes. Oh, let's do combos. I need it. Ash versus Carnage. Ash versus Carnage. <laughs> Did you know? So like the Freddy Freddy versus Jason like comic. So there's a isn't there like a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash? Yes. Yeah, I haven't like, read that, but I, that's something that I plan to do in the future. That's one comic genre that I really want to get into is horror comics because I, I love them and, and I love what they're doing. Like, I want to see I know you're a big Power Rangers fan and that Freddy Krueger meets the Power Rangers comic. I want to read that. Yep. It's oh, it's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, we are we have been recording this for a while now. It, it has been so much fun having you on chris uh i had an absolute blast uh thank you so much for doing this dude it's been absolutely my pleasure and thanks for bearing with me on my uh lack of comic knowledge but it is i've i've learned a lot i have an even deeper appreciation for carnage and i'm just happy to be on this show man Uh, it's this has been in the works for a minute so i'm happy and also quick plug we at the geek peak are releasing an episode with lance here in october and it is are you afraid of the dark versus goosebumps and we're we're going back to the 90s we're reliving our childhood traumas <laughs> yeah a uh, little little tidbit on that when we watched the haunted mask part 1 and part 2 well two parts of part 1 i should say cuz it's two episodes yes and uh, lance and i both had some thoughts on that 90s cgi <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna go in depth into these, and it's not gonna be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely, I'm excited to have you on our show. Uh, definitely check that out, listeners, because we're we're stoked to have him. Our episode today on Carnage will actually be the finale to season one of the Comic Book Keepers podcast. It has been so much fun doing this show, and in order to keep up the quality. And the ability to release episodes uh, in our planned bi-weekly rate, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus and come back strong. We're going to be bringing in some of our podcasting friends, and we should also uh, see a return of the co-creator of the podcast, Chris Daly, come back to the show for a few episodes as well. I'm very excited to be working with so many of my friends within this community. I just want to say thank you so much to the Inner Circle, the group of nerd uh, podcasters that we are with. They Their support has been so helpful continuing to uh, make this show what it is. And thank you so much to all of the guests that we had on this season. And thank you to the guests that we have already planned for next season. I'm very excited to be recording some of their favorite characters Yes. So again, be sure to check out Chris on Geek Week Podcast as well as High on Horror. I will have the links to both of those shows in the show notes. And I think it's about time to close the book on Carnage Cletus Cassidy. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is Chris. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.
Did we do a did we do a trigger warning before this started? I don't even remember. No, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that right now, and then I'll just move it back. <laughs>